Did the quarterback room at Alabama get even messier in a win? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We'll talk about FanDuel in just a minute. Right now, we got to talk about some things as fans, almost dueling fans, uh, because I'm willing to bet Jimmy's outlook is brighter than mine. Mine is not very bright. Uh, mine's, mine's, mine's not as bright as normal, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, Alabama beats South Florida 17-3 to in one of the ugliest wins in the Saban era. Um, people love to talk about how that 2011 game of the century with LSU was ugly, you know, nine to six. I mean, we didn't win, by the way, but that game was ugly. Shoot, that game wasn't ugly. That game was NFL-esque. This game was ugly. This game was disgusting. And, Jimmy, we learned a lot. Now, we still – we have a lot of questions, but I think we learned a lot. My my first takeaway from this is Buckner ain't it. I think we can take Buckner and move him out and say, this is not going to work. Okay. Because, and, and while it may not be fair, there'll be some people saying, Hey, you didn't give him a chance. I'm sure maybe there may not be anybody saying that there may be some people saying he didn't get enough of a sample size. Well, if you ask me, he came in um, and he's already played college football before and Alabama put him in, in a great spot to succeed. Now, because he's, he wasn't playing LSU, he's playing South Florida, a team that's already lost badly to Western Kentucky. So he gets in there, um, and he throws some of the worst passes I've seen in college football this year. They were so far off the mark, it, it was disturbing that, that he's able to play at this level. I'm not trying to kill, crucify this kid. I want you all to understand that. I'm just saying I'm, I'm calling a spade a spade. This did not look like a guy that that is going to be playing at this level. Now, maybe he turns it around. Maybe he's awesome. Whatever. This game that I saw, his throws were just flat bad. I'm ready to move him to the side. It's going to be a Simpson-Milrow thing from now on because they obviously aren't going to play water game. That's, that's just the way it's going to be. And maybe please refute that claim. I thought if you were going to, if you were going to play water game, you would have played him yesterday. That's what no. I thought. I think the thing with Lonergan is simply uh, is simply knowledge of the offense and scheme. So I do think Lonergan is still a possibility for this Alabama team. I just think the later we get in the season, the more likely it is. In other words, if this game had been week eight, Lonergan may have started the game or certainly played. I, I just think it's Lonergan's still fast consuming, fast learning uh, the scheme, the offense, and and people think that it's not a simple thing, especially if the quarterback has to know everything, including changing plays and and pre-snap reads and post-snap reads and how we do things a hundred ways that as fans we never even think of. Um, but it's just going to take a hot minute with him. And if people like disagree and say that's crazy, other true freshmen play, count them up. Count them up. It's been some time researching it. 130. There's 130 teams playing. I'd like to know myself how many have a true freshman starting a quarterback right now out of the 130 teams that are out there. I, I'm, I'm sure there are some, but my, my guess will be less than 10. All right. That that's we're going to talk quarterback. I mean, maybe the rest of the year. 
So I, I want to shelve that for a second and talk about the overall mental state of the team. Jimmy, we heard all week, you know, and you and I even called out the team for this. We're pissed off. That, those are things some of the players are saying. You know, we're going to get this. This is fixable. Um, and I don't know what's going on. Do you have an AM radio in your background? Uh, oh, that thing behind me? I th you know, I'm on vacation for people that don't know and okay. staying with staying with friends in Destin. That is actually a uh, telescope. To, uh, no, no, I was saying I heard something. I don't even know what oh, that was. Oh, there's no telling what's going on. I, I got, I think there's, there's three couples staying here in this condo. Okay. Uh, let me say this. Um, th th this team didn't look pissed off. This team looked um, apathetic. And I, I don't know another. Clearly, they were the better team. Clear, I mean, more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster. Clearly. Because anybody with a pulse would have beaten Alabama yesterday. I mean, a lot – Missouri would have beaten Alabama yesterday. That That's – if you want to talk about where I think the floor is, and I'm not trying to take a shot at Missouri. They're pretty good this year. But I'm saying Missouri would have beaten Alabama yesterday. I think we can – No question. Okay. No question. So, we've got a lot to fix. And I don't know that this team – I tweeted this yesterday, and some some people agreed, and some people, a couple people thought maybe I was going overboard. I've lost faith in this team right now because, and this is on me because for years now it took me a while to get there, but when I finally did, I was like, Nick Saban will handle it. This team will handle it. Whatever it is, we'll get over it. We'll be fine because that's what we do. I no longer believe that right now. This, I, this team's got to earn my trust back, and now they they don't care about my trust. I understand that, but I'm saying for me as a fan. And, um, and I think I'm not alone, that a lot of people are going to feel this way, that this team has taken a decade and a half of really, really, really hard work and success and made it where it, it seems like they're just rolling the ball out there and thinking they're going to win. And, man, the SEC is cool. So um, I just think some things got to change, Jimmy. And I don't know what, but I know I said this yesterday too, that um, – you know, I feel like it's time to play some freshmen. Play a uh, Justice Haynes. Play, at, and some people say, well, we're playing Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor. That's right. And that's a start because uh, Caden Proctor is going to be good. He was awful yesterday. So be it. Caleb Downs has not been not off to the start. I thought he'd be off to whatever. Play Justice Haynes. Play Richard Young. Shoot, I would have played Lonergan. Um, if you can throw out another, uh, didn't James Smith recover the fumble yesterday? I was glad to see that. He played quite a bit. He, he yeah. sort of replaced Otis, not as a starter. Yeah. James Smith didn't replace Jaheim Otis as a starter, but he replaced Jaheim Otis in the rotation. We, we kept a six-man rotation, and he was the sixth guy. And I, I thought he actually played okay. I thought I thought he played fairly well, really. Uh, and, and it's really my, not rant, but one of my first takes in terms of what I want to get across is one of the things that will bother me a little bit this week is when they talk about the team has disappointed us, and boy, this isn't the team I thought they'd be. I want to separate the offense from the defense. The defense played well yesterday. That 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 can't be lost. And they gave up three points that were handed to them by the special teams. That that wasn't the deep. But did they, did, Jimmy? And let me, again, yes. But we all first of all, South Florida is putrid. They're not good. They are. Okay. They're, but their offense is better. Their offense is better than their defense. I mean, okay, that, true. I but, well, but we let me ask this about the defense. And, again, I'm going to give you plenty of moments yeah. to tell me how wrong I am. You know, I thought we got a lot of penetration. I thought we got a lot of pressure. We can't <laughs> tackle. 
<laughs> the quarterback got out. Of, he was swallowed. Is either Tim Smith? I can't or a boy B. I can't remember. Was swallowed, and the quarterback got out of it. And I'm thinking, right. this isn't Michael Vick. <laughs> I mean, there, why, right. why can't we bring this guy down? There were individual moments from the defense that weren't good, like individual snaps and some tackles that were missed. Like you said, we had that guy trapped in the backfield numerous times. The one thing that they did that worked, the one thing is when their quarterback scrambled around. I mean, it wasn't even design runs. It was just scrambles. We, we lost contain on him a couple of times. But I think generally, even when you're playing a bad team, we held them to three points and 260 yards despite the offense continually giving them the ball back. Uh, they had the ball a lot. They had a lot of possessions because we had a lot of possessions because we were always punting the ball. And uh, they, they had virtually zero production. And, again, their three points came when they uh, recovered the, uh, the, the, the Kool-Aid, uh, you know, the Kool-Aid mistake. Uh, they, they recovered that and then made like four yards and then kicked a field goal. And, uh, and that's how they scored their three points. And, again, 260 yards. When, when, when it virtually almost half of it came on quarterback scrambles, you know, so I, I think the defense played well. They had five. I mean, you know, we're like, there needs to be a pass rush. They had five sacks. I think they had 10 tackles for loss. Uh, you know, so, so that was, it was a good day for the defense. I, it was absolutely one of the worst offensive days at Alabama since I, I would say Shula, I, I might would even go back to Stallings. I mean, in terms of like that offense was, it was a pop gun offense, and 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 I, know I will go off on the offense whenever you're ready for me to. But the offense was really bad, and and, and Nick Saban's responsible for that. It's Nick Saban. I, I mean, I know everybody under the Saban era wants to blame underlings, you know, Golding and Bill. Nick Saban's responsible for all of it, all the time. So I would start with him. Uh, that was not a good performance by coach. I mean, he didn't have his team ready to play. Uh, and he has let the offense sort of run amok, which brings me to Tommy Reese. And I'll just say that uh, any criticism of mine about the offense, and there's a lot, but it starts with Tommy Reese's decision. And I'm sure, I'm sure he played a part in this to start Tyler Buckner. I think we're showing poor leadership and poor uh, team first uh, decisions because it's completely clear to us that watch that that we had two better options than Buckner two uh, and and didn't start either one of those kids and, and, it, and it produced the ugliest half of offense I've seen at Alabama in in a couple of decades. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, there is no doubt about that. Um, that was. Uh... <laughs> And I, I, would say, I wonder if um, I'm going to mute you, Jimmy, while we're doing this, see if that's better. Um, I wonder if this was Tommy Rees uh, trying to make his mark and like, OK, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to this. I'm going to take my guy and I'm going to do my thing. And boy, that was a miscalculation. And we can get into that some more. But right now, I want to tell everybody about better help. Look. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and uh, man, I I'm telling you, if you've ever been out there, and if your mind's ever racing at night, if you're ever uh, just got a lot of worry on, on your mind, and I've been there, I promise you, um, where things just keep you up, 
you're scared to death. I mean, there were times I woke up in the middle of the night just in a cold sweat, just thinking about stuff that, frankly, you should be able to handle. You should be able to deal with. But at the time, I couldn't. And I knew I needed some help. I mean, because it was just a mental health thing. And um, I would encourage you, if you're thinking of starting therapy, to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Those are all three crucial points of therapy because you don't want therapy to be something that adds to your stress. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. That's another thing. I've had therapists that I haven't liked before. I've had therapists that I love before. And if you find one that you just, you're not jiving with, then you want to go find somebody that uh, will be able to help you a little bit better. Get a break from your thoughts with better help. Betterhelp.com slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. Better help. That's H E L P.com lock slash locked on college. You, you will really appreciate this. And I'm telling you, I can't encourage it enough. Um, I've, I've been there and I understand. And look, sign up for our subtext. And I promise you, if anybody thinks I'm not, sign up for our subtext right here. I've got it up there. Join subtext.com slash locked on Bama. It's $4.99 a month. You get the first two weeks free. And um, yeah, you're going to, you're going to love this too. Cause Jimmy and I text. And uh, if you want to just reach out to me personally, you can do that. And I'll tell you about it. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. All right, Jimmy. Um, I, I, I'm trying to keep my thoughts straight about where to go here, but you got me on something about the, uh, the, the Tommy Reese thing. And here's my deal that um, I feel like Tommy Reese tried to, to make his mark. I do. And he thought, okay, Milrow's not good enough. Now, here's another thing. He was calling plays for Buckner that felt like those would be perfect plays for Milrow. It, it kind of felt that way. Now, maybe we didn't see enough for me to really say that. But as the game was progressing with Buckner in there, that's what I thought. Um, and, again, we can talk about Reese a lot. I, I don't think Reese is a long-term answer at Alabama anymore. Again, just things I've lost faith in. It didn't take me long to lose faith in this guy because – I've seen the Texas game and now I've seen this game and um, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm losing faith in him. Here's another problem that I have. And this goes back to what I said about playing freshmen. And I know we're playing some freshmen. I don't, you don't need to tell me that. I, this is why I played Justin Sainz yesterday. You know what we needed yesterday, Jimmy, a human B12 shot. We needed a, a shot right in the took us that would give us some energy. And you know what Justice Haynes has done ever since he's been on campus is impress everybody and make everybody – he is the Mark Ingram of this generation. Now, is he exactly Mark Ingram? Probably not. But, I mean, he's really, really good, and he gives us a shot in the arm. And I know that he may not be great at pass protection, maybe. I don't know. We don't. We haven't seen him enough. He, he's better than Jason McClellan. Jason McClellan had a fine game, had, you know, 70-something yards maybe. Um, But – He's not a he's not great in pass protection. I had several people reach out to us on, on Twitter and say that. And I thought they're right. Now, let's talk about the good for just a second. Just a second. And you can comment on all this. I'll mute myself. But I want to put something up there about Roydell Williams. Thank you, Roydell Williams. Talk about your bright spots. Roydell Williams, 17 carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Would have had another touchdown. It was one of two touchdowns brought back to penalty. We also had a flag that cost us an interception, and we had two touchdowns brought back by penalty against Texas. So my point is, again, all the things that we keep talking about, they're fixable. They don't get fixed. 
the, the penalties are still an issue. They killed us at Tennessee last year. They killed us everywhere. And we cannot seem to get it fixed. And I don't know if it's coaches. I don't know if it's players. I don't know if it's mentality. I don't know what it is. But I know this. And a lot of times I've been kind of hard on the fan, Alabama fans sometimes. We showed up at Texas. We showed up in droves. That's one of the best atmospheres I've ever been around for an Alabama game. For any game. We showed up in Tampa. There were a lot of Tampa fans in Tampa. And the product on the field is not matching the enthusiasm from the fans. And that's a little disturbing to me. I was supposed to be a uh, bright spot. <laughs> the bright um, spot. It was a small spot. I didn't say how big the spot was. And the there were some there were some good good things. Uh, first of all, you won the game. I mean, it, it could have been the most devastating, most humiliating loss that I could remember. It would have been worse than 07 Monroe for all sorts of reasons, but it would have been. Uh, so you win the game. That's good. Uh, Ty Simpson, I think, showed potential. Uh, I don't know that the Ty Simpson I saw is ready to uh, win SEC football games, but I think he can be that guy. I, I think uh, I think eventually he can. Uh, I thought he showed some good things. The throw to Dupree, which was easily the pass play of the game, was just fantastic. I mean, that was that was A+. Plus. And you can see just in that play what kind of upside and potential Ty Simpson has. So I think that's a bright spot. The running backs, both Jace and Roydell, but particularly Roydell, uh, that was the most productive our running backs have been all season long. The, the running backs were more productive against South Florida and this disaster than they were against Texas and Middle Tennessee. That's a bright spot. Isaiah Bond caught four balls. That's a bright spot. The defense as a whole gave up virtually next to nothing, three points and 260 yards against an offense that's going to put up better numbers than that in every other game they play this year. Uh, that That's that's generally a bright spot. I, I think the defense is coming along, and I think the defense we're going to see against Ole Miss next week will be good enough to win the game. Uh, what I'll be talking about, Luke, all week is can our offense play good enough to beat Ole Miss when I know that our defense will? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a heck of a decision they've got to make a quarterback. Uh, Tyre Jalen, I 100% agree with you, Luke, that I don't see how Buckner would be in that discussion at all. I think in terms of the, the co what Coach Saban needs to do, Coach Saban, he doesn't need input from any of the other coaches. What Coach Saban needs to do is, is decide on the quarterback who gives us the best chance to beat Ole Miss. Is it Tyre or Jalen, Coach Saban? You tell us. But pick one and, and hopefully play 60 minutes with that guy because you've made the right decision. But, Luke, I can't help but think as we sit here right now in terms of forecasting, in terms of forecasting, right now if you ask me, okay, what's the most likely scenario? I think Ty Simpson starts the game when we get behind and Milrow's got to come off the bench to try to save it. And 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 I, I, it's it, it's it, it makes my stomach churn thinking of that as like, does that feel inevitable to everyone that that Ty's going to start, but Jalen's going to have to save it? Or best case scenario, and hopefully it happens, Ty starts, plays 60 minutes, and Alabama wins, and we're talking about we've got our quarterback of the future. The future's now. This is the dude. Uh, hopefully that's that happens. I do think Ty's the one that's going to get that shot. I think Ty's going to get the start. I think we're about to see a two-quarterback system. Now, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think we have to do it 
And the reason I think we have to do it is because while Ty, Ty wasn't awful. I tell you what, let me tell everybody about athletic. We're going to talk about Ty and Jalen here in this second segment, because I think that's coming. But right now I need to tell everybody about athletic brewing. Um, now is time for your Game Changers of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Roydale Williams, I've already said it, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make a non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes good. I'm telling you, these are delicious. Uh, I got We got some samples. I've tried them. I love them. I, you know, normally I, I'm, I'm not a non-alcoholic beer drinking guy. These are awesome. They're fantastic. Love them. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Trust me on this. Full of flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. And again, I'm not a huge, uh, you know, like beer connoisseur guy, but the the idea of this, the sour beer, like, intrigues me. And, um, but you can't, I, anyway, I love the ones they sent me. That's all I can say. Um, they're fit for all time. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching a big game or at your kid's game, tackling work or working out, whatever. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athletic, athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use code locked on to get 15% off your online order. Uh, that's locked on at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times, so you can be too. Now, that last part I just added, I just think that's pretty good. Uh, that's, hey, I got my degree in marketing. I mean, do what you want to with it. I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm just saying I got my degree. In. All right, Jimmy, when it comes to quarterbacks, and, and this is – I said at the beginning, we're going to try and talk about something else. We're going to talk about quarterbacks all week. I can't get away from quarterbacks. I do want to throw this in there. I want this team to quit talking. Don't tell me I'm pissed you off you are anymore. Let's see it. Let's see how pissed off you are. Again, one more bright spot, and I think about these as we go along. That last drive was good. That last drive was really good. They pushed forward. We had two quarterback sneaks that got us in the end zone. I do hate it that Roydell Williams didn't score that touchdown. I thought he deserved it, but whatever. Uh, I want this team to quit talking. Don't say any more. And then the other thing that it doesn't bother me, because obviously if you're hurt, you're hurt. But Tyler Booker was the one talking about how mad he was, and then he can't play. You know, and I know he's hurt. I understand. I'm not dogging him for being hurt. I'm just saying when you say something like that and then you don't get to play, and then the team doesn't show up pissed off as you said they were going to be, it sort of it, it just puts a damper on the whole thing. Um, and we had no, you know, that's the other thing that bothered me a little bit. Missing B Booker might hurt. Kendrick, uh, uh, Saban made a big point about missing Kendrick Law. How many catches does K-Law have this year? Not many, in, if any. And he's got a kick return. And I, I've got you on mute, Jimmy, because that background, so I'll put you off in a second. But um, anyway, I just thought that was weird. One more thing about quarterbacks, and I'm going to let you go off. I definitely think we see a platoon system coming between uh, Milrow and Simpson. With Simpson starting, Milrow coming in maybe in situational at first to give us some kind of new look. And I think the crowd will will like this. I do. I think everybody's sort of on board now with Milrow's got to play some. He's got to because it can't be Buckner. But you know what bothered me about Ty Simpson yesterday? And his throw was the second best throw of the year. The first best throw, I thought, was Milrose deep ball against Middle Tennessee State. 
the the second best throw of the year was Simpson to CJ Dupree. Now, where Simpson disappointed me, we're, we're third and 15 or 17 or some long number. Milro, uh, not Milro, Simpson breaks contain. Simpson breaks contain. He's running for a first down. He makes a cut. That was a nice cut. He got about four yards, five yards maybe to go. And if he dives, I think he has a shot. Or if he, you know, just puts his shoulder down, I think he has a shot. It sure looked like he slid. Now, maybe his ankle gave out because it was awkward, but it looked like he slid. And see, that's the first thing that I thought about was, what would Jake Coker do right there? Jake, you know what, you know, WWJD, what would Jake do? Jake would have barreled over somebody. And that's where I think if Simpson had done that, I think he wins everybody over. I think he's like, okay, now we got to do, because if you remember when Jake Coker did that against Texas A&M back in 2015, that's when the team was like, Jake's our dude. Uh, just one brief thing. I think the best throw of the year was uh, Milrose touchdown to Jermaine Burton in the Texas game, the uh, the lap, but just, just, that's just my thing. But I do think Simpson's throw to Dupree was on the very short list of best throws we've seen this year. And again, I think it just showed in that one play what potential Ty Simpson's bringing. See, I, I didn't see anything from Buckner that made me believe that Tyler Buckner needs to be the quarterback that we need to be playing because he's the quarterback of the future. I didn't see that at all. I could see it with Ty. Ty was less than perfect. Ty was less than ideal. I think it's arguable as to whether Ty or Jalen Milrose should start the Ole Miss game. That's an argument to me that I think are debate that I'm sure is is going on in the football building today to an extent. Uh, I, I think there was enough potential there from Ty to get excited, but also enough bad. You, you point out the slide, great point about how that was a, an opportunity for Ty that he just didn't take. And, and I think that there, that for, he's a young quarterback. He's a redshirt freshman. He's the same age Milrow was a year ago. So this is a young guy. Uh, he's going to make freshman mistakes. And I think that slide was a, was a big mistake. Uh, but this week, Luke, I don't know how to fix it in a week. I don't know that it can be fixed in a week. But the offensive line is uh, – it, it, it's, it's, it's a disaster. It's a, it's a complete disaster. Uh, I think they ought to try Pritchett at left tackle. Uh, I do. I know that kind of message that sends to our five-star, who's going to be a fantastic college football player one day. It's just apparent to me that day is not now. Uh, I, I can't imagine that that, that Pritchett would, wouldn't do as well. But if that's what they think, then leave Proctor out there. But I, I'm just saying that, that we're not getting winning play out of that spot. The snaps continue to be horrid. Last week, they're grounders. Yesterday, they were fastballs. The ball was firing out of there. And it's a good thing that Buckner and Simpson are good athletes. Last week, I said Milrow had to play shortstop back there. Uh, Buckner and Simpson had to play catcher in the big leagues, catching some closer coming out of the bullpen, throwing 101. I mean, the, the snaps were just fire. We're so lucky. We even with a wet ball. And in the wet, wet. Jimmy. Shouldn't it have been the other way around? Shouldn't he, the 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 fastball have been against Texas because he's so geeked up in this big game? And shouldn't the the wet ball have led to horrible snaps like worm burners yeah. in South Florida? That's what's even scarier. We can't screw up what we're supposed to screw up right. <laughs> but the, the snaps are bad. The left tackle's bad. Uh, so many people wanted Ferguson playing in front of Dalcourt. I'm not sure this film's going to be kind to Ferguson either. Uh, yesterday. Uh, 
the offensive line. And, and, and again, it's what I've kind of been saying all week about Milrow and quarterback situation. We have so many problems on offense. All anybody wants to talk about is quarterback, including me and Luke, <laughs> including me and Luke, because quarterback's what everybody talks about. But the fact of the matter is, unless the offensive line plays better, unless we continue to get better and better production out of that running back spot, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. They're not going to win with any of those guys. You know, so that's what's got to be fixed. And, and I, I think Saban himself needs to spend considerable time fixing it. And I want, and maybe, he, and I know he makes all the decisions, but I, I just think Nick Saban needs to take more control of the offense. Uh, defense is fine. Kevin Steele's veteran guys played pretty good yesterday. They've played pretty good most of the year. Uh, last point, you know, the first seven quarters this year, I think we played pretty good. The, the Alabama team, that played the first seven quarters of the year is 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 gonna beat Ole Miss. The Alabama team that's played the last five quarters is gonna lose to Ole Miss. I'm telling you guys that the team that lost to South Florida yesterday and the team that played in the fourth quarter against Texas will not beat Ole Miss. I, I totally agree. And you know we're using words in this podcast like horrendous. God awful. And those are things you don't normally do when it comes to Alabama football. You don't normally use terms like that. And it's really, really uh, difficult for us to swallow. Now, I'm going to leave everybody with one more bright spot. I was thinking about this today, and I shouldn't think about this today, because what we should be thinking about is getting better for Ole Miss. That's what we should be thinking about. And I'm talking about us as fans. I mean, we need all the positive vibes we can get. I'm not much of a, you know, Sedona kind of, you know, put your hands on different rocks and, and feel the vibes kind of guy. But I think we need to put some positive energy out there as a fan base. So I'm going to say this, that I was thinking today that, all right, if, if Alabama is fortunate enough to beat Ole Miss, and right now I'd call it fortunate, you know what? You got uh, the next, uh, the, the, our main competition in the West uh, LSU welcomes in Arkansas. We kind of need LSU to beat Arkansas. It'd be better, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But then LSU goes to Ole Miss. What if we beat Ole Miss and then Ole Miss turns around and beat LSU? I think that's very possible. Um, then, you know, Auburn's going to A&M. You know, the, if the Auburn were to lose at A&M, which, I, again, I think is possible, if not probable. And A&M welcomes in Arkansas at Jerry's World. Arkansas could easily win that game, I think. All of a sudden – in two weeks, assuming we take care of business against Ole Miss and take care of business against Mississippi State, who look god-awful, we could really be in a good position to win the West and then, of course, get hammered by Georgia probably in the SEC title game. But winning the West right now with this team is a goal we should have. Not winning the national championship as a fan. We need to temper, tamp down, Jimmy, congratulations, tamp down our expectations uh, for this particular team and take it more game by game. That's just my my mini take. I don't even know if that's a bright spot. I'm just trying to I'm trying to get through a Sunday. Find a way to find a way to beat find a way to beat Ole Miss by half a point. I mean, if there's a way to win a game by half a point, do that. I mean, find a way to win this game. And uh, you know, may, may, I mean, you know, my hope in terms of my hope because it would be. Uh, the best thing that can happen against Ole Miss and for the rest of the season is that Ty Simpson uh, really, really turns a corner next week, that he got his feet wet, and then next week he turns a corner. Uh, 
but I, I got to admit that's a, that's a hope. I'm not, that's not a prediction. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here open, you know, uh, we'll see. I'm open. I'm hoping he turns the corner, but I think he's got to make it to the corner first. I don't think we've even found out. We're, we're on the wrong block right now. So, uh, all right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We appreciate you guys so much. Please do sign up for our subtext right there. Join subtext.com slash locked on Bama. Go check that out. We would appreciate you so much. Thank you guys for bearing with us. We're going to get through this as a fan base together. Roll tight, everybody. Roll tight. <laughs>